Okay, my name is Rob Sandy. I'm the uh, head elder, and uh, um, so again, we're excited you're here. We have got great news to share with you. Um, we're going to uh, go through a kind of a script because we just wanted to make sure that we could um, be accurate in what we're sharing with you. And so we're going to have uh, uh, everyone of the elders are going to be a part of of what we're going to say today. Some will be sharing you with you from the script. Others going to be sharing their their testimony, kind of where we've gone through the last two years that has brought us to this point. And so we want to just fill you in um, that whole process. So we're, I'm going to turn over to Tom. He's going to start with the script here. And so just sit back and just glean, take it all in, and uh, we'll be able to maybe even answer some questions later on back in the family room. But for right now, we're going to go through the script and share some testimonies as well. So Tom. This is a little high for me, <laughs> not being as tall as Rob. <clears throat> Oh, sure. For the past year and a half, our church has been in a period of transition. We've critically, critically assessed our ministries, listening to the Spirit of God, and developed a transition plan to bring new health and vitality to the ministries of this great church. At the end of 2022, we began in earnest our search for our next lead pastor. Over the last several months, we have reached out to multiple candidates from across the United States. We amassed a list of 11 potential candidates. We utilized the candidate profile that was developed by our elders and transition team to evaluate the candidates. Only a couple of the candidates met our priorities as spelled out in that profile. None of the candidates perfectly fit our profile. That's to be expected. One of those candidates was our, only associate, our own associate pastor, Devin Burton. Last Saturday, we met for six hours to have a conversation with Devin and Lori. During that time, a miracle happened. God showed up in our meeting. Hearts were open to the leading of the Spirit of God. Deep two-way conversation occurred. We asked Devin hard questions about the ministry of CCCOG and his role here. He asked us challenging and thoughtful, thought-provoking questions about our vision for the church and our identity as a community. Past issues were discussed and healing occurred. So one of the things that became obvious to us that all of the candidates we have was that the candidates we checked, he was one of the candidates, candidates that checked most of the boxes in our profile. Devin has a degree in Warner Pacific College in Christian, Christian ministry. He has worked successfully in associate pastor roles for 20 years. Devin nearly completed a degree in business before the Lord led him to a religion degree. He has a desire to further his education with a possible master's degree. We talked a lot about spiritual gifts in the past year as a church. Devin's gifts are shepherding, serving, and administration. 
Those are clearly gifts a lead pastor needs to succeed. He is an outstanding preacher with a passion for sharing the word of God. He and Lori are deeply committed, not to only the church, but also the Lewis, South, Lewis and South Thurston counties. He is vitally aware of the challenges and opportunities facing our community and wants to find ways for the church to create, creatively engage our, our neighbors with needs-oriented evangelism. Like many pastors, finding work-life balance can be challenging. It is important for pastors to stay healthy as they serve others. Devin and Lori have learned through life's ups and downs and are developing a rhythm of health in their lives and set aside regular time for Sabbath. One of the things Pastor Mike has made us aware of is that doing ministry in the Pacific North Northwest looks significantly, significantly different from other parts of the country. Uh, ministers who come from, from the Midwest and South sometimes find our climate and culture a little strange, to say the least. Um, <laughs> the Burtons are Northwesterners through and through and are therefore a little strange themselves. <laughs> so um, now we're going to go to a time of testimonies. And I just want you guys to know that... Um, this whole process for the last uh, nearly two years has been very personal for us as a, as a team of elders, but individually. So you're going to hear some of that uh, come out. So we're going to have Don, Jenny, Matt, and Henry come and share their testimony about how they've navigated these last 18 months or so. Good morning. Good morning. For those of you who are new, I'm Dawn. I'm one of the elders here. I um, was invited to become an elder in March of 2021. And when I met with Pastor Mark, I had a lot of doubt. You know, did I have what I needed to be a good elder for this church, love this church? He said to me, you know, it's going to be maybe one or two hours a month. <laughs> and... Uh, as you know, many of you who have been here um, and gathered today were aware of a, a lot of chain of events that happened uh, not long after Mark and Lori left. And um, elders, staff, and the assembly started to sift away. Um, by July, the, the wounding that was apparent and I know those of you who are new may not understand this, but it's important that we talk about our testimony today because we love our church and we've been guided by the Holy Spirit to do this. There was a deep wounding. And um, by July, I was praying and asking God how I too could be sifted out. I dreaded coming to church on Sunday. I had this little dread I didn't know if I was going to be confronted. I didn't know if I, I didn't know, but, but that ease of coming in as part of the assembly and being a part of this greater um, family had left. And every time I prayed, every time, the Holy Spirit said, remain. Remain and obey. And then I also heard, you know, remain in me and I will remain in you. And so I look to Jesus every single day. One of the pieces of scripture 
um, that gave me strength and just kind of kept me in that was James. I just love the way James calls it. He's just, I mean, he really calls you out. And he said, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And I held on to that. And so the litany was remain and obey and walk in joy. I've got this. Um, the other piece of scripture that came up right after we were working on making a decision to bring the TIPS program into our church was 2 Corinthians 10. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the stronghold of human reasoning. And I had to lean into that to destroy the false arguments. And some of those false arguments was, who are you? Who are you to even be holding any kind of authority to be continuing to move forward in this church with this endeavor? The last two months, I have been praying unceasingly, and I felt we were bathed in prayer. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your unceasing prayer over all of us. We felt it because I got news for you. The pressure that we were feeling and the stress that we were feeling by that responsibility and doubt, it was like Moses, right? Who am I? Like, what am I even doing here? And we prayed to be steadfast and walk in faith. On Saturday, when I walked into that room, there was a division. And the division was really, I believe, pressures we were feeling from others that we love in our congregation. There was some wreckage that still kind of floated around us like a shadow. And then I had this deep desire to hear what would be different. What's gonna be different? What, are you, what, what could possibly be brought to this church to follow through with that revival that we have been praying for for two years? Um, and I also wanted a golden fleece moment. I wanted a sign because I was still feeling doubt. And not, not in the candidate, but in, am I really hearing you? Am I really hearing you, Jesus, when you tell me on my heart what I'm supposed to do? And um, so I'm thinking about remain and obey, remain and obey. And one of the, I had that opportunity because that interview was six hours long. And I had, a, I had a question that came on my heart a month ago. Devin and Lori, when you pray, what is the Holy Spirit telling you? What, what are you being called to do? Why this church? Why not an opportunity that's come down the path a few times in the last 22 months? What are you hearing? And when I offered that to both of them, Devin said, every time we prayed and every time we thought we need to go, what we heard was stay, remain, and obey. And um, like us, they too knew God's work is not finished with us. And um, I, I have news for you. We, vote, we went and we prayed, and we didn't even look each other in the eye. 
and we voted. And I had asked a couple weeks ago, I need a private vote. There is enough division in this church. I want to know the number because if the number wasn't unanimous, we had to start all over. But I needed the privacy of just yes, no, in a hat. And so we all voted and we were putting our coats on and we weren't looking at each other and Rob was counting and I'm like, thy will be done, not mine, Lord. And he looked up and he said, eight zero, Devin and Lori. And we wept. There, there, we wept because it was like, I just couldn't believe it. I, I came in divided. Some of us came in divided. Not because, again, that I didn't have trust in, in Devin and Lori, but was I making the right decision as an elder for this whole family of God? And I had to remain in faith. There, day was a spiritual miracle for me. I, I'm going to let the others speak to it, but I have no doubt what the Lord desires for this church. And it came up today for me when I was in prayer. This is Ephesians 1.18. And I'm going to just read a little bit for you. And this is my heart prayer to you as well. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious influence. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realm. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church, his church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Thank you and God bless you. Um, so they had the longest-winded guy go next. Uh, how many uh, times in Scripture is the word unity found? Does anybody know? Without, without popping up their Bible app right now. Uh, anybody have an idea of how many times the word unity shows up in Scripture? Three. 273. 77. Oh, my gosh. Three is the correct answer. Um, so two of those times are in Ephesians, and one of those times is in Psalms. I'm going to read Psalms first, and then, uh, and then we'll read the one, or one of the ones in Ephesians. Psalms 33, or 133, one says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. You know how difficult it is to get 12 jury members to agree on something? <laughs> It's the same thing with trying to get, making sure that eight people agree on something. And the only way that that happens is, is in unity and when we're listening to the voice of God. Um, Ephesians 4, 1 through 6 uh, really sums up my thoughts. Um, so I'll read that. As a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient bearing one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body 
and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. And it's, it's exactly what in the first part of Ephesians, what we, are, what we have been challenged to follow and listen to is the same exact thing y'all as a church have been challenged to do as well. So, and we can do a lot of things in unity and when we're following Christ. So that's all I have. Hi, everybody. We're so glad you're here. So we are reading from a script. We just want you to know that this is such a serious thing that that's why we're reading from it. Um, We don't want it to sound scripted. We've all prayed over this. And honestly, when I prayed, what, Lord, what would you have me say to the church? This is just what flowed out of me. And so I am going to pretty much read mine word for word (laughs) because I do think that it's very important. And I I don't want to minimize the amazing thing that God is doing in this place from the very beginning. For those of you that are new, you're probably seeing it even day by day, which is what? What is your ooey? I mean, come on, come on. But then for those of us that have been through the last couple of years, yeah, it's, it's been God's hand the entire time. So uh, I was nominated to be on the elder board in March of 2020. So I'm coming up on my three-year anniversary. Thank you. Uh, I had a lovely conversation with Pastor Mark and again asked him, why me? And he said that it's about time that there's a woman on the elder board. Now, the Church of God has always supported women on the board, and he said it was time for us to do the same. Thus, I was the first woman to join the board. I was met with indecision, and some were opposed to the idea of having a woman on the board, and thus it was a challenging time for me. I was challenged from the beginning, but through wise counsel and biblical knowledge, along with prayer, I heard from God that I was put in this position for such a time as this. Esther 4.14 has rang through my mind a lot when I've had doubts of my place here. The next two years, as you can imagine, (laughs) were like waves in the ocean hitting one after another. But I, like the others, and many of you, stayed and continued to hear from God, do not quit. She heard remain, we've heard stay, and I heard do not quit. I have a plan. I have a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29 11 continued to be in my prayers. I believe this verse was not only for me, but for CCCOG. And so we pressed on. I look back now and think of it as a refining process. God was moving. He is moving continually every day. We saw his hand time and again, although sometimes it's not until we can reflect that we see it through God's lens of 2020 vision. I have thought about the past two years and want to be sure again not to minimize the amazing mighty movement that this church has seen. God's provision in so many areas, the Holy Spirit moving especially this past year with transition. I'm a nurse by trade, and so for me, the transformation is like someone in a hospital who needs care. They're hurting. They might be dying. And now two years later, praise the Lord, we are jumping and leaping and praising God. It's like this healing has happened. 
For me, this process has grown my faith in so many ways. I am truly more confident with my walk with the Lord going through this. I have witnessed the power of prayer. I have felt the Holy Spirit. I felt defeated, yet carried. And, and specifically through this pastoral search, I have felt the hand of God move, giving me wisdom and discernment. What happened on Saturday with our elder board spent most of the day interviewing Pastor Devin and praying. The Lord was there. I have no doubt. Just as I have no doubt, which to be honest, again, we all kind of went in like we had these other candidates, we're interviewing, we're thinking through this, we're praying through this, but I have no doubt that Pastor Devin is who God has chosen for this church and what he wants for this family. This is what we prayed for. Pastor Devin is who we prayed for. Until this time, this is the timing that it's right. This is God's timing. We prayed for God's timing. We prayed for his discernment. We prayed for his wisdom. And that is what he provided to us. Just as Jesus calmed the waves when the disciples thought they would certainly perish, we all turned our eyes to Jesus. And I don't know if y'all remember this sermon that Pastor Devin did, but he was talking about sports and that they're like, eyes on me, eyes on me. That keeps ringing as well. Keeping our eyes on God is where we need to be. And that's what brought me through this process. I am so excited and look forward to what God has next. The last verse that has been my common companion through this process is Isaiah 43:11. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you perceive it? So I want you all as well. Do you perceive it? Do you feel it? Yeah. This is so good. So thank you. Good morning. Um, as you can tell, we're pretty excited about this. Um, and what, what I think I'm most excited about in the process is that um, these eight folks up here as elders are um, part of the body, part of the congregation. And this is um, the, the neatest thing about church is that, that it is the spirit that leads us collectively as a group. And we just have the privilege of being in this role right now. And, uh, and there have been elders um, that have transitioned on and off of the elder board over the last 50 years of this church. And we just happen to be the people that, that God has at this moment. And so it's been a privilege and an honor to be a part of that. And I want to encourage you to be engaged in the body of this church because at some point you may be called to be one of the elders here. You may be called to be in a place where you're making these kind of decisions. And so following Christ and being in unity together and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you is what we are asking for as a body. And so we're excited for where God is leading. Um, like the other elders, I just wrote down some of my thoughts um, as, as we finished up this process last Saturday. And so I'm just going to read mine. Um, so I'm not a process type of guy. Um, I like to make decisions um, and then live in that reality um, of the choices that have been made. It's easy for me to assess situations and make judgment calls based on my intuition and just kind of what I feel or think at the time. As an elder for the church, during the transition, it became clear to me the importance of this decision and making sure that we got it right. 
I knew I would probably make a quick decision regarding the candidates who we were applying for the position. I also knew that it would be vitally important to confirm my decision, my decision-making by going through the process with these seven other elders with whom I all, I respect them all. During this process, the elders have been able to ask each other really tough questions, to have really hard conversations. We've been very frank and honest with each other. We've been graciously allowing each other to walk through this process as each of us have needed to. Um, it has been a journey um, to see God move. I do believe that God did move to bring all eight elders to the same conclusion that Devin has the gifting, wisdom, and other necessary skills to lead the congregation into its future. Devin best fulfilled the pastoral profile, which was developed and set forth by the transition team, that's many of you in this building right here in this congregation, and the elders. As we sat in the interview with Devin and with Lori, asking tough questions and listening to Devin's heart, not only about this congregation here, but also about God's kingdom in the community around us, it was evidently clear to me that my initial judgment and thoughts were confirmed. Devin is a man that I've known for 20 years. I've had the privilege of watching him grow as a man of God and as a pastor. I've appreciated his approach to ministry. He has demonstrated great leadership here in this congregation and a quality of ministry that is outstanding. Devin has a clear passion to see God's kingdom expand and a vision for how we can be a part of God's ever-expanding work. As the elders voted and confirmed that God had prepared Devin for this role in this church, the elders have also come to better understand our role in relationship with the congregation, with the staff, and lead pastor. We are committed to partnering with Devon, to be uh, fully committed to pursuing God's kingdom and leading this congregation into the future. Good morning. These guys are a tough act to follow. <laughs> Uh, so I'm Eric, and uh, back to the script. So last Saturday, following our interview with Devin and Lori, the elders convened for a closed-door discussion. Uh, we then broke out in, to spend individual time in focused prayer. After that, a secret ballot was cast, and your elder board voted unanimously to bring Devin Burton to the General Assembly next week in a special meeting. Next week on Saturday, March 11th, we will share a dessert in the Family Life Center in the gym. And there will be a time of question and answer for both the board and the Burtons. The dessert will begin at 6 o'clock p.m. Uh, we ask if you would please register online on the What's Happening page for this free event so that we'll know how much food to prepare. To make the most of our time, we are also asking that questions be submitted in advance. You can do, do so by emailing them to elders at cccog.com. Then the following morning, Sunday, March 12th, a week from today, 
Devin will be preaching. Immediately following the service, there will be a vote of the General Assembly to affirm Devin. According to our bylaws, a candidate must receive 75% of the votes affirming his candidacy to be the next pastor at CCCOG. In order to vote, a person must be at least 18 years of age, have worshiped regularly at CCCOG for the period of at least the last six months, and be in harmony with the standards of God's word as held by the Centralia Community Church of God. If you are a regular online viewer, we ask that you be in church next Sunday. We would like to reduce the use of absentee ballots if possible. Due to the profound importance of this decision, it is important that we be here to listen and to respond. According to our bylaws, under exceptional circumstances, qualified voting members may obtain an absentee ballot prior to the special meeting under the following conditions. Illnesses, unavoidable hours of employment, business out of town, and other valid reasons approved by the board chair. Ballots will be made available at the church office starting this Wednesday, March 8th, and ballots must include your name and reason for absenteeism. They also must be returned to the office in a sealed envelope by next Friday at 5 p.m. Again, we strongly prefer in-person voting. Now, some of you may be asking, why did this take 16 months to find a pastor if he was within our, our church body the whole time? Well, the answer is pretty straightforward. Centralia Community Church was not in a healthy place 16 months ago. A confluence of circumstances had left leadership, both elders and staff, wounded. And I want to say, as you've already heard, I was one of them. I look back at that first summer as a time where confusion and frustration permeated through the church. It was the first time in decades that our church had experienced this void of leadership. Staff tried to keep the ball rolling and the elders the same. Unfortunately, we were not on the same page. God has slowly been healing the chasm between the elders and the staff. Our TIPS pastors have had a great influence in the process. However, some of the frustration has stayed with me through the last 16 months and led me into the interview, not sure how I was going to vote. As the interview day was coming closer, I began to become more apprehensive. I had at a time even uh, having struggling with sleeping, um, even though I was constantly in prayer. But on that Wednesday before the interview, I was trying to go to sleep, and I believe God touched me with a peace that seemed to overwhelm me. I believe the Lord told me, he's got this. Whether it was Devin or not, he was in control. The next morning I told Kelly what had happened to me and she ran up to me and gave me a big hug because she knew that God had met my biggest need. When the interview day came, I went uh, into it, still not sure how I was gonna vote, but I had a peace that God was in control. We asked some tough questions. I think the answer Devin gave us about discipleship men, or means the most to me. When asked about the kind of discipleship program he would desire in our church, he responded with this thought. The type of discipleship program I want is one that demands your whole life. And that cut me to my heart. 
I was kind of hoping he'd say, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll figure this out. No. What he's demanding of me, and I believe what he's going to demand of our church, is that we have this willingness to give all of us, all of our hearts, over to God. And I just want you to know, I want to serve a pastor that believes that. I want a pastor that's going to take this church to greater heights and make a difference in our body and in the community and in this world. I truly believe that Devin has that heart. I think that through this all, so many different directions could have gone. And I was kind of looking at into those, some of those directions. We had some people that were pretty interesting outside our church. <laughs> But God all along was working on, our, working on our hearts. And I think the key is that we had to heal over these 16 months. We were not in a position to have a pastor 16 months ago. We needed to heal. And I'll tell you what, you know, um, I think we've come such a long ways in that endeavor. I look out here at the number of people. So many of you have come, and I've talked to some of you, and there's just a an, ex an excitement that I sense from uh, everybody here that God is at work and he truly is. He truly is. And I want you to join me in jumping in both feet to, to what God has in, in store for us. So again, I'm gonna get back to the script here that says, why did it take 16 months? A year and a half ago, the church was not in a place to hire a long-term pastor. Bringing a new pastor into that circumstance would have run the risk of damaging and depleting that person. We needed to work on implementing a godly vision of the church or for the church and heal relationships, which we feel are largely occurring and have given us the freedom and confidence to move forward. That is why we brought in an interim pastor. By the way, I, I think we'd all agree that we have fallen in love with Pastor Mike. Yes. Would someone wake him up right now? I'm not sure you heard that. Um, what a difference a year makes. During our transition, we have seen beautiful healing take place with... Um, with growth of the family of God. Hearts are being touched. Attendance has increased significantly. Giving has stabilized. Multiple new families have joined our fellowship, many of them going through our next steps introduction meetings led by Devin. We have started multiple refresh groups. We have started some sports, uh, summer sports jam led by Devin and have increased our ministry in partnership with Happy Day uh, Learning Center. Recently, nearly 40 of our teens and adults uh, retreated to the mountain to hear from God. During that transition, 19 people have come to, to be baptized at C3. God has reshaped and re-energized and refocused us as people. We enthusiastically bring Devin Burton to you as a candidate to be the next lead pastor of the Centralia Community Church of God. I would like to bring, ask Devin and Lori to come on stage at this time.
So I'd like Pastor Mike to come up. And in position as our pastor right now, by the way, we'll be letting you know uh, the date that will be Pastor Mike's last. We won't s sneak that up on you, but let you know well enough ahead of time so that we can truly um, say goodbye. So, um, but for right now, here he is, here they are, the family of Devin and Lori, and uh, we would love to uh, pray for him and Lori. Now, understand that next week he will be uh, preaching to us, and then we will vote after that. So, Devin and Lori, this is our recommendation as an elder staff, that we would all be here next Sunday and vote for him to be our next pastor. Would you stand with me as we, we pray together? Lord Jesus, I come to you today, and God, I just thank you for bringing me here. It has been a blessing to me. I thank you for this group of people, not only on the stage, but, but here in this room today, God. I pray that in this week ahead, God, that you would give us wisdom and unity and a spirit of clarity. God, I thank you for Devin, for Lori, for Junior, for Braden, God, for the ministry to our teens. Yes. I pray for the days ahead, God. These are difficult, difficult times for pastors. Yeah. These are challenging times, Lord. We live in a unique community, and we need men and women who can step into that community, Lord Jesus, and do ministry in new ways can look out and meet people where they're at, love people where they're at, serve people where they are at. As you did with the board last week, God, would you give us a spirit of unity in the week ahead? God, I pray for a good rest for, for Devin and Lori during this time. It's going to be a busy week ahead. God, would you bless them? Would you bless their marriage? And would you bless this church? Yes. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. You all may be seated. Uh, I've got some exciting news. Um, uh, first off, the pizza party at Pizza Pete's has been canceled this afternoon. <laughs> so you're all aware. Won't be going on as planned. Uh, the other exciting news is I have just called an audible and I'm not going to be doing my sermon today uh, because we're running out of time and we're going to worship. Uh, but I think uh, I just want to talk a little, I'm gonna, let me move this here. I want to uh, speak a little bit into this process. And, and let me, uh, maybe I have, here's, here's something. I think I have a unique perspective here. I've become a part of this family over the last um, 13 months, at the same time, uh, by the way, do we need to dismiss our kids and teens? Is that something we're doing now? We're just keeping everybody in here at this point. Yeah, let's just keep them all in here at this point. So I'm calling lots of audibles this morning, but let me, let me talk to this. I think I have a unique perspective. And I don't have a corner of the market on truth. I know that. Excuse me. I got a little teary this morning. Um, this is a good place. 
It's a good group of people. It's a growing group of people. And you have all... Uh, let me commend you. You've stuck it out. Every one of you. Here's the thing with the church. Church is a family. It's a family. And, uh, and, and churches, because it's a family, family can be a little messy from time to time, right? <laughs> That's okay. It happens. I remember when I got into ministry, I was talking to this, uh, this old guy, and I was complaining about doing ministry, just griping. And uh, he looks at me and goes, uh, hey, are you a shepherd? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, yeah, sure, I'm a shepherd. And he goes, well, sheep stink. Get used to it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> but you know what? God brings us all together. It's not always perfect. It's not always seamless. We come with different ideas and different backgrounds and different experiences. And we gather as imperfect vessels in a building to worship God once a week where we hope God is perfecting each one of us, making us more like him so we can go out into our community and love. When I got here, uh, I didn't know what to expect. Here's what, I, here's what I didn't expect. I didn't expect falling in love with a group of people. Someone can be here for a little while. But I love this place and I want the best for this place. Every morning when I'm doing devotions, I read a psalm. And this morning, the psalm I read was Psalm 136, 16. Give thanks to him who led his people through the wilderness. His faithful love endures forever. Thank you all for being here, for loving this community. I'm very excited for where this church is going, and I believe this is a good decision. I think Devin is an excellent candidate who shows gifts and graces for ministry. Let me say this. Um, we have been asking you for months. Our, our, when, when our regional pastor, Frank Borst, was here, he asked you to do this. I've asked it multiple times. We've been praying for the elders. Praying, praying, praying. Let me tell you, so last Saturday, let me tell you my observations. I was not in the interview. I was food service. Uh, and so I showed up, and, uh, and I brought food, and, and prayed with the team, and, and then left. And I had no idea what to expect. Uh, I, I, it's, it's weird. I've been walking with this group of people for this long, and I had no idea. None. Zero. Uh, I... I it, it, as far as I know, it could have gone either way. I just, I, I had, I literally, usually I'm a good predictor, and I had no idea. I also knew they were doing a, a secret ballot. That's always interesting. So when Rob called me that evening and uh, said it was eight to nothing, uh, I was like, wow, we've been praying for unity. Yeah. Then I met with the elders that next morning after church, last Sunday, a week from today, or a week ago today, and it was a unique experience for me because when I met with the board of elders that afternoon, something clearly spiritual had happened. Um, 
there was something going on in that room. And, and uh, talking to some of them, some of them, I'll be honest with you, some of them are a little dry. They're hard to read. Uh, I'll let you figure out which one. And, uh, and one of them said to me, he said, uh, I don't know what happened in there, but something happened that I didn't expect to happen. Having an internal candidate, uh, you know, the organization I work for does this. Having an internal candidate is a unique thing for a couple of reasons. Here's the thing. We, we know what our internal candidate is good at, right? Devin's a really good preacher. I enjoy listening to Devin preach. Uh, Devin is, is, is better than me organizationally. I, I can't tell you the number of times in the last 12 months I've said, you just do, do that. You deal with that. I want to deal with that. You do that. But here's the other thing with an internal candidate. We also know the warts of an internal candidate, right? And we know some of the challenges. That's reality. But here's the other reality. All, if we'd gone uh, with an outside candidate, guess what? We find out their warts after they get there. We find out the problems, and, and, and everybody does have one. As I was thinking about his candidacy, and, and, you know, I don't have a vote in this. I'm just an observer. But as I was thinking about it, there were a, a variety of things that, that I think maybe would be helpful if you thought about. First off, as I look about, we've brought in a tremendous amount of new people in the last 12 months, right? Devin's fingerprints are all over that. From leading a next step class to, um, to uh, um, meeting with them, calling them. Elmer does some of that too, but he makes it more confusing. Uh, but uh, but just the, the connection to new people has largely come through Devin. The, con the baptisms, so many of those have come through Devin. Summer Sports Jam was pulled up, pulled off this last year, largely because of Devin. And many of you volunteering. Our next step uh, uh, program for new attenders has been led by Devin. I've been fascinated because we started a lot of new ministries and, and I've been able to observe him and how he, he does this. I've said, I've said to multiple people that if I were, and I said this to Devin, I said if I was planning a church, Devin Burton would be my first hire. I think that highly of him. Let me, let me give you a little inside dirt here, okay? So when, when we do this, and I talk about like when we do this as next steps, remember, this is my first time doing this, so I may have no idea what I'm talking about, but when we do this, one of the things we do, I became aware early on that Devin was interested in this job, and when I found that out, I removed him from preaching in the church, and the reason I removed him from preaching in the church is probably pretty obvious to you but I didn't want him to be perceived as the next pastor of this church. I, I wanted him to be starting from this level with everybody else. And so I removed him from preaching uh, so that uh, it would be perceived as a fair process. It needs to be a fair process. I also did not, intentionally, I did not appoint him to our transition team, which I know is probably a little weird for him. And then I got to step back and I got to observe and watch. And I, I wanted to see what would happen there because I could see somebody in that point becoming antagonistic 
maybe not dealing with it well. But here's the interesting thing, and this taught me a lot, is that he came alongside and assisted where necessary and was trying to be careful not to overstep his bounds. I have, a, and here, I'll tell you something else. We just talked about church being family, and you can ask him. Devin and I have butted heads this year. If you work with, right, if you work with somebody long enough, you'll butt heads, right? And, and you know, we've had serious conversations. And one of the things I like about him is he can do that. We were able to do that. So I've seen, pers- uh, I've seen some personal growth in Devin over the last 12 months as I reflect on my time here. I see areas where he has softened. Uh, he is open to criticism. That's a good thing. He's outstanding organizationally. Uh, here's my one wish. I'll just be real transparent. I wish you could see the Devon I see, and that's my prayer is that you get to see the Devon I see. Uh, Devon is, uh, when, when, when something fun happens in the office with staff, Devon's usually the creator of it. Um, Devin also is wickedly funny, but he, he needs to show that. So I, 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 I told him last week, you need to let him see that you're real. He's, he's deeply relational, but he's, he and I are similar in some ways and different in some others. Like, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm all over. He's not, that's not him. That's fine, you know. But he is this funny, clever person. A couple times, and I've made note of it, we've been talking, and he's been talking about the drive, driving somewhere, and he's had Junior in the car with him, and they've been listening to Scripture. I want a pastor who listens to Scripture with their junior hire. Right? Twice, this is something, two times. You know, we talk about internal candidates, external candidates. Devin's been the external candidate. Devin has been multiple times reached out to since I have been here for pastor jobs outside of here. Uh, for churches, uh, you know, that, that in California, in Oregon. And both times uh, he has gone and interviewed and both times he has come back and he looked me in the eye and said, I feel like I need to be in Centralia, whatever role that is. I feel that I have a, a purpose in this community. By the way, you want a pastor that has deep commitment to community. Uh, I, I'll be honest, it's weird, but a lot of pastors are looking to jump to the next best thing. It's kind of weird for this job. He is, and Lori for that matter, are deeply, uh, deeply connected to this community. And then let me say this, and I'll just, I'll just conclude with this, and then we're just gonna sing. That sound good? We're gonna worship. But let me, let me say this. Um, when I look at discipleship that's going on in our midst right now, I see Devin's fingerprints all over that. And I'm gonna say something that might get me in trouble with a couple people, but I'm leaving so I don't care. Um, let, me, let me, just a couple thoughts. Several, does anybody remember when, when Aaron Lund preached? Remember when Aaron Lund preached? I didn't tell Aaron I was going to do this. That was Aaron's first time preaching, right? 
and she was amazing. Uh, and she has all sorts of potential. Now, why am I talking about Aaron Lund all of a sudden? And I may be wrong in this. You'll have to ask Aaron. But I think Aaron, Aaron, and where she is as a follower of Jesus Christ, and a daughter of the King, and as somebody who is looking for ways to influence young people for the kingdom of God, has been profoundly discipled by Devin and Lori Burton. And that might be the highest thing I can say about them. Because I would like to see a whole bunch of other errands. Now, it's not going to be easy. If you affirm him next week, he's going to have work to do. Uh, my first time out of the shoot as a lead pastor, I talked to him this week. I go, you have no idea what you're getting into. <laughs> it's a hard job. And it's gotten harder since the pandemic and the politics of the last four years. So it takes somebody wise. And he's going to have to grow into that. But I would encourage us to love him and surround him. If you have more questions, feel free to come talk to me. You can talk to the elders uh, after church today. They're going to be in the, the family room over there. And then also, like I said, we're going to have this dessert next Saturday night where you can ask questions, either the elders or the board. And what I'd ask you to do is submit those questions to elders at cccog.com. Lord Jesus, uh, we have a big week ahead as a church. But I look at where we've been, and I look at where we're going. God, you have magnificent things in store for the Centralia Community Church of God. We achieve those things, God, when we step in, each one of us, and use our gifts and graces to serve you. God, would you remind us this week that the pastor the pastor of a church is just the lead healed sinner. He's like the rest of us. She's like the rest of us. They're, they're no better than us, God. They, God, we as pastors, we, you know us, God. You know us inside and out. We deal with our own hurts, habits, hang-ups. So walking into church can be a tough place because we're afraid to show who we really are. God, we recognize the pastor for what they are. They're not the solution to the church, God, but they are your plan for leading the church in your direction, encouraging and challenging each one of us to have this whole life discipleship where we learn to do your will. God, I'm just so thankful that you brought me here. I'm so thankful. God, there's not a person here I've met that I don't like. That's weird. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And would you work in the next week as well in ways maybe we're unaware of. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.